Chapter Seventeen of Our Army at the Front. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary B. Clayton. Our Army at the Front by Hayward Brown. Chapter Seventeen. Our Own Sector. The Lunaville Sector was merely a sort of postgraduate school of warfare, but shortly after the beginning of 1918 the american army took over a part of the line for its very own this sector was gradually enlarged by the middle of april the americans were holding more than twenty miles the sector lay due north of toe and extended very roughly from saint michel to Pois de Maison. later other sections of front were given over to the americans at various points on the allied line perhaps there was not quite the same thrill in the march to the toe sector as in the earlier movement to the trenches of the Lunaville line after all even the limited service which the men had received gave them something of the spirit of veterans then too the movement was less of an adventure motor trucks were few and most of the men marched all the way over roads that were icy the troops stood up splendidly under the marching test and under the vigorous conditions of housing which were necessary on the march they had learned to take the weather of france in the same easy inconsequential way they took the language for a second time the german spy system fell a good deal short of its reputed omniscience seemingly the enemy was not forewarned of the coming of the americans despite the fact that the troops were tired from their long march the relief was carried out without a hitch tua had been regarded as a comparatively quiet sector and while it never did blaze up into major actions during the early months of nineteen eighteen it was hardly a rest camp it was as the phrase goes locally active few parts of the front were enlivened with as many raids and minor thrusts and no man's land was the scene of constant patrol encounters which lost nothing in spirit even if they bulked small in size and importance it is probable that the germans had no ambitious offensive plans in regard to the toa sector they tried however to keep the americans at that point so busy and so harassed that it would be impossible for pershing to send men to help stem the drives against the french and the english the failure of this plan will be shown in the later chapters before going on to take up in some detail the life of the men in the toa sector it is necessary to record a casualty suffered by major general leonard wood while inspecting the french lines general wood was wounded in the arm when a french gun exploded five french soldiers were killed and lieutenant colonel charles e kilbourne and major kenyon a joyce who accompanied general wood were slightly wounded wood returned to america shortly after the accident and did not have the privilege of coming back to france with the division he had trained but for all that he had a unique distinction leonard wood was the first american major-general to earn the right to a wounded stripe the german artillery was active along the toe front and the percentage of losses while small was higher than it had been in the Lunaville trenches of course the american artillery was not inactive it had a deal of practice during the early days of february the germans attempted to ambush a patrol on the nineteenth and failed and on the next night a sizable raid broke down under a barrage which was promptly furnished by the american batteries in response to signals from the trench which the germans were attempting to isolate 
the first job for america did not come on the toa sector but near the chemin de dames american artillery had already shown proficiency in this sector by laying down a barrage for the french who took a small height near tailleur hilaire belloc referred to this action as small in extent but of high historical importance the importance consisted in the fact that for the first time american artillerymen had an opportunity of rolling a barrage ahead of an attacking force they showed their ability to solve the rather difficult timing problems involved certain historical importance then must be given to the action of february twenty third when an american raiding party in conjunction with the french penetrated a few hundred yards into the german lines and captured two german officers twenty men and a machine-gun this little action should not be forgotten because it was practically the first success of the americans it gave some indication of the efficient help which Pershing's men were to give later on in Falk's great counter-attack which drove the Germans across the Marne. It is interesting to know that every man in the American battalion stationed on the Chemin de Dames volunteered for the raid. Of this number, only 26 were picked. There were approximately three times as many French in the party, and it must be remembered that the affair was strictly a French show the raid was carefully planned and rehearsals were held back of the line over country similar to that which the americans would cross in the raid at five thirty in the morning the barrage began and it continued for an hour with guns of many calibers having their say the attack was timed almost identically with the relief to the german trenches and the boches were caught unawares the fact that a shell made a direct hit on a big dugout did not tend to improve german morale the little party of americans had already cut two thousand nine hundred ninety nine miles and some yards from the distance which separated their country from the war and they were anxious to cover the remaining distance their french companions set them the example of not running into their own barrage Qualis and doughboys jumped into the enemy trench together there was a little sharp hand-to-hand -hand fighting but not a great deal as the german officers ordered their men to give ground the group of prisoners were captured almost in a body further researches along communicating trenches and into dugouts failed to yield any more attackers and prisoners started back for their own lines on schedule time the german artillery tried to cut them off one shell wounded five of the germans and six frenchmen but the american contingent was fortunate enough to escape without a single casualty the french expressed themselves as well pleased with the conduct of their pupils they said that the Americans had approached the barrage too closely once or twice, but this was not remarkable, as it was the first time American infantry had advanced behind a screen of shell-fire. Their inexperience also excused their tendency to go a little too far after the German trench line had been reached. On February 26th, the Americans on the Toyou front had their first experience with a serious gas attack. Of course, gas shells had been thrown at them before but this was the first time they had been subjected to a steady bombardment some of the men were not sufficiently cautious a few were slow in getting their masks on and others took theirs off too soon the result was that five men were killed and fifty or sixty injured by the gas two days later the americans on the chemin des dames were heavily attacked but the germans were driven off march found the taouf sector receiving more attention than usual from the germans the Germans made a strong thrust on the morning of March 1st. 
the raid was a failure as three german prisoners remained in american hands and many germans were killed gas did not prove as effective as on the last occasion the doughboys were quick to put on their masks and as soon as the bombardment ended they waited for the attacking party and swept them with machine guns about two hundred and forty germans participated in the attack some succeeded in entering the american first-line trench but they were expelled after a little sharp fighting an american captain who tried to cut off the german retreat by waylaying the raiders as they started back for their own lines was killed on the same day a raid against the chemin des dons position failed the germans left four prisoners two days after the attempted Tau raid premier clemenceau visited the american sector and awarded the croix de guerre with palm to two lieutenants two sergeants and two privates the premier who knows american inhibitions just as well as he knows the language departed a little from established customs in awarding the medals nobody was kissed instead clemenceau patted the doughboys on the shoulder and said that's the way to do it one soldier was late in arriving and he seemed to be much afraid that this might cost him his cross but the premier handed it to him with a smile you were on time the other morning he said that's enough in an official note clemenceau described the action of the americans as follows it was a very fine success reflecting great honor on the tenacity of the american infantry and the accuracy of the artillery fire the americans made a number of raids during march but the germans were holding their front lines loosely and usually abandoned them when attacked which made it difficult to get prisoners an incident which stands out occurred on march seventh when a lone sentry succeeded in repulsing a german patrol practically unaided he was fortunate enough to kill the only officer with his first shot this took the heart out of the germans the lone american was shooting so fast that they did not realize he was a solitary defender and they fled on march fourteenth american troops made their first territorial gain but it can hardly be classed as an offensive some enemy trenches northeast of baronville in the luneville sector were abandoned by the germans because they had been pretty thoroughly smashed up by american artillery fire these trenches were consolidated with the american position april saw the first full-scale engagement in which american troops took part at seychepray but earlier in the month there was some spirited fighting by americans poilies and doughboys repelled an attack in the Empremont forest on april twelfth the american elements of the defending force took twenty-two prisoners the german attack was renewed the next day but the franco-american forces dislodged the germans by a vigorous counter-attack after they had gained a foothold in the first-line trenches the biggest attack yet attempted on the Taut front occurred on april fourteenth picked troops from four german companies numbering some four hundred men were sent forward to attack after an unusually heavy bombardment the germans were known to have had sixty-four men killed and eleven were taken prisoner numerous stories more or less authentic were circulated after this engagement one which is well vouched for concerns a young italian who met eight germans in a communicating trench and killed one and captured three the remaining four found safety in flight the youngster turned his prisoners over to a sergeant and asked for a match i'll give you a match if you bring me another german said the non-commissioned officer the little italian was a literal man and he wanted the match very much he went back over the parapet and in five minutes he returned escorting quite a large german 
who was crying kamerad while american soldiers on the front were gaining experience which stood them in good stead at sechepray and later at cantigny great progress was made in the organization of the american forces late in the spring the first field army was formed this army was composed of two army corps each made up of one regular army division one national army division and one division of national guard major-general hunter liggett became the first field army commander of the overseas forces and it was his men who covered themselves with so much distinction in the great counter-blows of july end of chapter seventeen recording by gary b clayton